Hello and welcome to It's No Secret. I'm Kat. And I'm Christine. And today on the show, we are going to do a recap of our favorite moments discussed on the episodes for the year to date, because we've had some awesome feedback from people and also a few moments where I don't know if this ever happens to you, but after you listen to an episode and it comes out, you're like, oh, that's so good. But also we should have talked about this. Mm-hmm. And so I really just wanted to dig into a couple of the things that we were loving and getting lots of feedback on so that we can point people in the right direction of, I guess, some of the episodes and topics that have really delivered right for the last couple mm-hmm. of weeks and then maybe add a couple of extra things on some just forgotten piece of information let's yeah, just nice. tidy it up under that one <laughs> <laughs> love that so we've tried to keep this one short and sweet and we will link to any episodes that we talk about so you can directly get to them but to kick us off i wanted to first highlight one episode that i absolutely loved listening to which was money moments with ryan potter shout out to ryan he used to work in the kernel team with us and one of the things well there were three things actually in his episode that he talked about that I just really loved. The first was he said that he, when he was younger, was, well, post-university, in a time where he was spending paycheck to paycheck. And Mm -hmm. I just really loved reflecting on that because I'm like, we talk about living paycheck to paycheck, but in reality, you're not actually living when you're doing that, right? Uh. He said spending paycheck to paycheck. And I was like, this is such a better descriptor Uh. of that behavior than being like living paycheck to paycheck, right? Because oftentimes it's money comes in, you spend all the money and then you're kind of like scraping and scavenging until the next payday. Yeah. So yeah, love that from him. Yeah. It definitely also like, I think when you think of spending paycheck to paycheck, you kind of associate it more with the income level of income, right? Rather than because living, you can live beyond your means or you cannot live beyond your means exactly but spending paycheck to paycheck is literally giving you the indication that you're spending everything that comes in Mm. which is what most people are doing in when they're kind of stuck in that cycle yeah so yeah yeah. love that reframing from him Mm. i was like i think this should really take off rather than living paycheck to paycheck we're (laughs) going to (laughs) rebrand spending paycheck to paycheck um the other thing that i loved and this really cracked me up because when i was watching the video that we have on youtube your face when he talked about this you asked him a question about his side hustles Now, Ryan works in tech, so, you know, that's a fairly high-paid career in general, and he is also known to like to do a little bit of extra work on the side, and you very poignantly asked him, like, if he finds having a side hustle worth it, and he just, like, deadpan said no, and you look so shook at his (laughs) response, which was really hilarious. If you haven't seen the video, you should definitely go check it out on YouTube. But I just thought that that was a really good reminder, particularly in the current time where Everyone feels a little bit under pressure from cost of living and, mm. you know, the easy potentially path to go down or think that you need to go down is to just do more, create more money, like solve your way out of problems like that. And he basically just said from his point of view, it's absolutely not worth it. You know, unless you really need the money for a specific purpose, it's not worth the sacrifice of your time. And I was like, refreshing view. Yeah. And th- I'm just going to contextualize the shock <laughs> because I think the reason why I was quite shocked by him is firstly because I know that he does a lot of side hustling but also because he's a developer and I would assume that the benefit of that time spent given you can charge out at a high rate is Mm. worth it but I guess it is all relative and how much is your time really worth so that's why I shook but also I was having this exact conversation with someone last night about but in the context of being a teacher because of how much holiday they get right yeah and I was a bit like oh as in like they should maybe be using holiday time for a side hustle or they could be yeah because The kind of argument started, well, you this is going to be a point of contention, but the reality is, is with the amount of money that you do get paid as a teacher, 
when you actively choose that profession going in, I'm mm-hmm. going to hazard a guess that you're choosing it because you love it, not because you are trying to earn a certain amount of money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so That's fair. therefore on the other side, and I am totally on the in the camp of, you know, we need to pay our teachers more, but also that's kind of the reality of it. And then what else can you do with the benefits that you get of being a teacher? Yep. But then I can also appreciate that kids are draining. So um, you're probably tired when you take it off. <laughs> that's true. But I guess, you know, also on thinking at both sides, on the argument of a side hustle, like not all side hustles have to be intense. Mm. You know, you could do things that serve both purposes, yeah, exactly. I guess, in that downtime. Like tutoring. Um, but yeah, and, and I think you're right. Like a lot of people choose their career on the basis of the additional things that it gives them the ability mm. to do or otherwise, or just the passion that they have for the job at hand rather than the money that it creates. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Love it. Good. Um, and then the third thing that Ryan mentioned that I really liked was just when he talked about his attitude around combined money as a family and household, because he has a young child and his partner is currently a non-working spouse, um, has been since they had a baby, um, but then has also actively made a decision to return to studying, um, to retrain in a different profession. And mm-hmm. I just thought that he approached this in a really nice way where he basically talked about the behavior that he's trying to uh, give off or, you know, present in his family is the type of behavior around money that he wants his daughter to respond really well to and grow up, I guess, embodying herself. So them being, you know, very like, this is mine, this is yours. And, you know, discounting different people's financial and non-financial contributions to the household just isn't a thing for them because that's not the type of environment he wants her to grow up in. And I was like, this is lovely. I am all about that, as you obviously know. (laughs) (laughs) And also all all those words and conversations in the household from such a young age are really impactful right so if that's the conversation that they're having then exactly if you go back into the depths of the podcast first three episodes i'd say and the one that we did around psychology and money Mm. we talked about the fact that you create um well the vast majority of your views around money between the ages of four and seven so you know prime time no no time is too young to start Mm. (laughs) if it's positive please (laughs) on the positive yeah yeah true (laughs) but yeah so that was money moments with ryan potter um you can either search ryan potter or just head back a couple of weeks to go find that episode he really dives into yeah careers and technology how to negotiate salaries which i think also just is excellent for any kind of career it's not specific Mm -hmm. to technology necessarily but um some really good lessons and then just general thoughts around you know managing money as a couple with a young family um you know how you value your time loved that conversation yeah he also from a technology developer perspective gives salary ranges as well so if you are a developer listening to the podcast or you know someone maybe send it on to them because it would might help them with their next role great tips in there yeah love that love that nice cool what else do you love what was your favorite oh of ryan's Oh, no, no. Oh, since, I mean, you can pick, you can double down. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ryan, it wasn't that one. <laughs> what have you been loving on the pod for you to date? So I think the one that's most top of mind for me was last week's episode, which was a chat about careers with Rosie Nathan, who is a recruitment partner at Customized Talent Group. So I have four things that I loved the most about the episode. It was a long one, but highly recommend listening. So number one was marketing yourself 24-7, even when you're not online. So, oh, goodness. Yeah. Tell me more. <laughs> What do, what do I have to do? Yeah, so the kind of tips were the back end of the likes of Seek and LinkedIn. So okay. making sure that your profiles, wherever your kind of CV mm-hmm. or information is, is really up to date and realistic. And I appreciate the fact that she was realistic um, about it in terms of your salary expectations and where you're at, even also your location. So, mm-hmm. yeah, people know 
where you are and that kind of thing. But it, I think it's also even just kind of a billboard for yourself. So yeah. even if you aren't actively seeking a job, it's making sure that, you know, everything's up to date and the description on your LinkedIn is like... Relevant. Yeah. And re- reflective. you're actually doing right now in your role. Yeah, exactly. And even just adding personality into mm. these types of things, because I think it can be very easy to be bland and factual and things like that. But yeah. really, you know, yes. being a, cult- a culture ad to a company yes. is really important and things like that. So yeah, that was one. And then looking beyond job ads, So a point that she made was that at the moment, despite all of the kind of media narrative of layoffs and things like that, and I'm not denying the fact that it's not happening, but she was saying that what's happening is that there's been a lot of job ads advertised for a while and companies are now withdrawing them off because they just haven't found the right people. And so it's not right. it's not necessarily a case of there not being the jobs there. It's more that companies are more willing to f- wait to find the right people. And yep. so they've kind of taken them offline. And so just a tip is to um, reach out to the brands and companies that you've seen, you know, maybe you are attracted to their parental leave scheme or the flexible working that they offer or whatever to yep. ask and just general expression of interest because you never know yes. what might happen with that. Yeah, I do have to say on that, as someone that is an employer, Mm. we get people approach us all the time just in various capacities to say I'm interested in working. And it's really interesting because the thing that I guess employees or potential employers often miss is the part to actually advertising a job. There's a ton of like groundwork or Mm. discussions that go on before a business actually gets to that point, right? Particularly if it's a business that is looking at like how they resource potentially if it's expanding. Mm. And so it's really often of benefit that even if you, you know, reach out to someone and they say, hey, we don't have something right now, Mm. they may not have a job ad up for quite some time, but there will be discussions and conversations around how future resourcing needs to happen going on all the time. And if people that are in decision-making roles know that they have like incoming interest from potential candidates, it puts you ahead of the curve and basically at the top of the list before a job even is potentially advertised. And if you're really good, it may not ever be advertised because they may just reach out to you directly yeah that's so true great great side tip <gasps> just send your females to everyone all the time <laughs> yeah Can I work for you? <laughs> okay and um number three was the discussion around contentment versus ambition when it comes to your career mm. so what were your thoughts i think so my thoughts were i guess a piece of advice that i was given by someone else was that when you think of a role there's actually a lot of merit in kind of staying in a role for two to three years or however long and being comfortable and building your confidence so that you are a little bit more certain and a bit more trusted in that role to then be Mm. able to leapfrog off of so yes it's great always throwing yourself in the deep end and like growing at a fast rate but there is also a lot of not uh, comfort and and being content Mm. for a little bit and also oh this is the point actually that that Rosie made was throughout our lives we have different stages and things that happen outside of work that might influence you know times of growth or times of like I at this phase of my life I just want to be you know showing up and hanging out with the the people at work obviously doing work but you know what I mean and so it's ebbs and flows but her perspective was as long as you're growing to a level that you're comfortable with then that's kind of that's fine yeah run your own race yeah pretty much and then the last one is that on the point of the state of the market that at the moment there's the kind of sweet spot for roles that are being advertised is that operational kind of level between like 60 mm. to 120k so she, she's not seeing a lot of shifts between kind of upper yeah. management quote unquote. I like, so feel that yeah. when I saw that quote on our Instagram I was like oh my god this like speaks to my soul <laughs> and just to cut the bullshit it's like businesses just need people to do fucking work yeah. like I'm sorry but if you're listening to this podcast being like I want to be a people leader or I'm going to dream big and like I don't know be the creator no 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 right now in the 
environment that we're in, businesses need people to hustle. Like that is the harsh reality. And I just love that she was like, yes, but she obviously put that so much more eloquently. (laughs) Oh, it's an operate. We need people with high operational skills. I'm just like, I just need people to work hard. (laughs) Well, yeah, but I also think it's a product of like the floodgates being opened again into people moving overseas. The reality is, is that they haven't been able to do that for three years. And so businesses are probably finding themselves a little bit top heavy. And so how do you also get those people, you know, because it's a balance of trying to encourage, um, sorry, I just got distracted by Dean's face on that plant. <laughs> Long story. We'll explain later. <laughs> yeah. um, trying to balance, you know, growing people internally, but also understanding that that's a risk to the business yeah. in some ways of, yeah. you know, it's a lot of time and resource yeah. and it's, you know, it's that conversation of hiring new versus retention versus basically mm. and the cycles that you kind of go through. Yeah. Um, yeah. So... Love that. a lot of points in that. That's good, though. Great what episode though. number is Rosie's? The most recent one. So oh. if you're listening to this one, just go back one. One. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> Hot tips from Rosie. Yeah. Love that. Mm. Okay, so other things that I've really loved, we're going to go right back to the start of the year. This was episode 44. We had five money trends to look out for in 2023, and we talked about four other money trends that I can't remember, but I'm just going to talk about one that we oh did talk God. about, which was <laughs> cash funds versus savings accounts. Oh, and this is top of mind. Yeah, because we got a question about this um, mm. via socials and some people giving us some feedback. And I just feel like I was thinking about this and how I would talk about it today. And I'm like, I just feel like cash funds have had a glow up. <laughs> Okay, tell me more. Well, because if I think back to myself of, say, two, three years ago, I'm like, I don't really care about a cash fund, right? Because Mm. in a super low interest rate environment, you're like, you know, I have to have cash for certain things like emergency fund. And it's just Mm. easy to have it in a bank account. Like you don't need to look elsewhere than a bank account for a lot of that stuff because what you're kind of getting at the bank is kind of just the same old, same old across everything. And, you know, it's a lot of effort to switch to a different provider or a different bank for really not that much more of a gain in terms of interest rate that's paid. Yeah. Um, and we were talking about different stuff. Whereas in a high interest rate environment and also in a like quite, I guess, environment that's a lot of state of flux, like people maybe having a bit of nervousness about like job security or markets or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. I just feel like this is the cash fund's time. <laughs> shiny. <laughs> they are shining. <laughs> Can you do a one-on-one? Yes. So I'm just going to really quickly okay. highlight level of like cash funds versus savings. So basically a cash fund, as you would know from the name, is a fund. So So it has a different kind of operational structure in terms of how you get money in and out of it. But very similar to, say, an investment fund, you know, you make a deposit in, you invest into the fund. It's just that the underlying kind of investments in the fund are all kind of cash and cash type products. So things like corporate bonds and, you know, government bonds and maybe some term deposits and some Mm. credit notes or some other things that sound fancy and complicated. (laughs) So all quite stable investments. Yeah, but very stable investments. Investments that aren't going to like shoot the lights out, but then also probably just going to return a pretty decent rate of return in a short-term environment versus obviously everyone knows what a savings account is. But Mm -hmm. I think the thing that is really giving cash funds an edge at the moment potentially is savings accounts often have a restriction around them in order to get a really good rate. So, you know, it might be like you have to deposit X amount a month or you can't make withdrawals or you have a notice period on how how much notice or you need to go to a term deposit. Mm. And then of course your money is locked in. Whereas with a cash fund, you can get in and out generally within a couple of days and have access to that money pretty quickly and be getting the same amount or a very similar amount of interest as some of those highest interest saver accounts at the moment. Mm -hmm. 
And then with some of the tax structuring, which I won't go into the details, but if you really want to nerd out, you can reach out and we'll let you know. (laughs) It actually can potentially be a better net return than a savings account because cash funds can be taxed at a PIR rate, so 28% rather than your RWT, which might be 33. So yeah, 2023, the year that the cash fund had a glow up. The end. (laughs) If you'd like to know more about what other things you should look at at for in 2023, go back to episode 44. (laughs) Uh, So, Christine, what else have you been loving? The timeless money lesson. So, I think this is great. We didn't plan this, and I'm really glad, like, really happy. (laughs) Okay. Took him approval. Tell Uh, me. Yeah, this is also very last minute and a nice surprise. So, this is a nice (laughs) surprise to you. Yeah, I was just thinking about what is something that we can always apply that's Mm going to be relevant through all of the cycles that we go through, all of the different interest rate environments. And there are a couple of things that I think you mentioned on this episode okay, <laughs> that were just really great. I I'm was like, oh, my brain. I what are they? Okay. So number one is you can do more than you think. A year is not a long time. Yeah. Okay, cool. yeah. I knew you'd like this one. So, I mean, do you want to summarize what this is since you said it? Yeah. Pardon? Do you want to summarize it since you said it? <laughs> no. Well, I mean, I think that um, actually we had some great financial advisors from Lighthouse come and chat to our team earlier in the week, and mm. they talked about the fact that people overestimate how much they can do in six months and underestimate how much you can basically achieve in, say, like 10 years, mm. right? And it's just this whole premise of we just mm. are so focused because it's easy to focus on the here and now and get hyper like fixated on that. Mm. And the reality is, is like, yeah, it's this is going to be a blip in time. So, yeah. And it's actually we were having this other conversation this morning about transferring KiwiSavers. So mm. when thinking about like a, a barrier for a lot of people is, oh, my care, my money that I'm transferring is going to be sitting out of the market for around two weeks because yep. that's what happens when you go between Switch providers. providers. Yeah. But really, when you think about those 10 days or two weeks, if you zoom out on the scale of like, okay, Uh, 45 years, yeah, (laughs) what is that really going to do? And this comes back to trying not to or trying to attempt to time the market, really, Mm. which we all know data says Mm. isn't going to work in your favor. And so, yeah, just it's like zoom out, take a little bit of a like a long term lens on everything, really. I think it applies to life. Love that. Yeah, love that. Number two. What are the timeless tips? Set benchmarks and track your progress. This ties into... <laughs> oh, my points gonna, are so good. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to give everyone a little preview into what also is coming up on the show, which is basically the pros and cons of DIY, KiwiSaver and investments. And this really also ties into life, but that, right? Mm-hmm. The importance of yep, tracking your progress. Yeah. Keeping yourself honest. Yeah, yeah, I was going for like showing how great you've done. I mean, also <laughs> that. that too. Ah. Okay, positive and negative. But, you know, same thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in the same you know vein of zooming out, take a step back and look at how far you've come from where you were. So in my personal life financial journey, if I look back three years ago, I was, or even when I started out, I had, I think I had like 3K in mm. debt and I didn't have any investments. I didn't have anything. And now yeah. I am in a position, well, along with Ollie, thanks for the help, where we could buy a house if we wanted to. But that's also, there's been a lot of sacrifice and things along the way. Yeah. But sitting now, I'm like looking back, that was all worth it. And it was been, it's been great. But I've also, yes, I've had to sacrifice, but I've also not completely gone without in some ways. Yeah, so, love yeah, that. just the looking zoom at out the is super important. Well, I yeah. also have one of this that we're going through at the moment where we're trying to refinance our like home loan. So, as part of that, we have to get a registered valuation of our house. Yeah. And um, the lady that was coming to value it was like, oh, you know, kind of giving us some, I guess, just trying to set our expectations that it's not going to be a super high valuation because she's like, you know, the market in 
last six months have been terrible and over the year and blah, blah, blah. And like everyone knows all the headlines, right? Yeah. And we were like, yeah, but our prior valuation was actually from two and a half years ago. Mm-hmm. And so appreciate you setting expectations, but we also know that when you zoom out over the longer period, actually over the last two and a half years, the market has still moved in our favor from where it was you know, stop looking and focusing on the last six months or the last 12 months, because in that context, that doesn't apply to us. And it's like, yeah. And also you've renovated. So it's like yeah. the state of the house itself oh, has improved. We were like, we still think it's going to be fine. Like yeah. we're feeling positive about it. Yeah, yeah, nice. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> people do get so fixated on that like short-term focus and it's yeah. like, whoa, 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 maybe go back like yeah. three years, four years, see where you were then and then feel quite good about like the progress that you have made. Even if in the last six months or last 12 months you've maybe stagnated a bit, you've yeah. still done better than what you had done you know, from four years ago. Totally. And I think this applies to like property FOMO. You know, there's so much chatter at the moment of, oh my God, need to buy a house by the end of the year, blah, blah, blah. The market's like down, blah, blah, blah. But really it's only six months since this has happened, you know, like, can we all just take a chill pill? (laughs) Just relax a little. (laughs) Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Any other tips from that episode? Um, so there was test and learn. Just oh, constantly mm. be trying new things and mm-hmm. learning. I think key part is test it and make sure you track it to then learn from it rather yep. than just repeating the same things. Love that. I.e. the budgets. Like if your buckets aren't right, adjust and, you know, decrease and increase them. Yeah. Don't and, persist with something that feels unsustainable. Just yeah. tweak it and move on. Yeah. And if you get something wrong or like, you know, your bucket for fun is too much or too little, don't beat yourself up over it. Like yep. it's fine. And then the last one is get vulnerable. So people just want to know what other people are doing with their money, which then led Ask me on them. perfectly to why I forced Ollie to do the financial plan. <laughs> yes. And that was one of your fave episodes. Yeah. Yep. But I mean, it was about you. So you probably didn't want to mention it as yeah. your favorite episode. Well, I was like, I was <laughs> like, okay, so is this one of my favorite episodes or am I just stoked that it like performed well? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Okay, so for those that haven't listened, there is an episode where Christina and Ollie run through their entire financial plan with a great financial advisor, James. So if you haven't listened to that, definitely go back and have a listen. The other one that I know we said we were going to only share two, but I'm just going to cheat and share one final third one, which was the bonus point that we didn't talk about in this episode. So episode 53 was how do I get ahead when everything feels so darn expensive? And this was quite recent and Mm. we had some really good feedback on this. But one thing that we didn't talk about that I just wanted to quickly highlight is KiwiSaver. And the reason that I'm saying this is because when life gets expensive or, you know, interest rates are going up, things, um, your discretionary needs to reduce, you maybe don't have as much flexibility to put things towards the, like your financial goals. If you're a working person, you still have KiwiSaver. KiwiSaver working for you. So everyone in New Zealand should take a collective sigh of relief that at least you're moving ahead, you know, in some part of your financial world because you have KiwiSaver, Mm. right? And so even if there is only one thing that you can focus on in terms of moving forward financially in the next little while, it's really just paying attention to making sure your KiwiSaver is invested in the way that you want with a provider that's suiting you well, and then just, you know, give yourself a pat on the back for being employed. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Oh, and and if and if you don't have like if you're not a PY PAYE employee and you are in another circumstance, seeing if you can still make some contributions to your KiwiSaver to get that government contribution and essentially the free money that comes with that. So yeah, yeah, that was the tip that I was like, oh, we should have talked about KiwiSaver. Here we are. (laughs) That applies to student loans as well, right? So when you get, when you think about your paycheck as a whole, 
bits going to student yeah, loan, bits exactly. going to KiwiSaver, and then the money that you get after that. You've also, like, exactly. if you think about that as a percentage of your income, pretty sure it's 12.5%, right, goes to student loan. Yeah, I think it's 12%-ish, 12, 12, something. Yeah, so around that mark. Maybe plus, let's say the, yeah. <laughs> Do your homework. <laughs> plus the minimum percentage of KiwiSaver is 3%, so yeah. then that's 15% of your yeah. income already. You're like, already doing some great auto savings. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I just feel like everyone should feel really positive about that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Positive okay. vibes only. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that's pretty much it from us today. As mentioned, we are going to be talking about KiwiSaver and a few other fun things coming up. Um, and we are looking forward to a little bit of a restructure of some episodes. Um, we've got some exciting money moments and different topics that I think are timeless and helpful for people at all stages of their life. So mm-hmm. if you're a listener that is earlier on in your career and kind of starting out or you are in the thick of family life or you are none of those things and doing something else entirely, we would love to hear from you because we'd love to have a few more regular humans on the show particularly for money moments episodes so please hit us up at it's no secret nz on instagram or on email hello at it's no secret.co.nz christine and i would love to hear from you otherwise we will see you next tuesday bye bye